Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on... The Art of the CEO, the show that brings you the wisest counsel and the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And this very day, we are going to plunge you into the wilds of the remote outback and show just what can be accomplished when you blend your own business with your personal mission, the joining of two streams to create a truly unstoppable force. Rob Woods and his bride, Tracy, in the far tip of Australia's Northern Territory, have founded and run Ethical Adventures, do it right, the motto, named by TripAdvisor as unambivocally the best Northern Territory experience, and I gotta tell you, Rob Woods' intimate eco-tour outfit ushers you through the grandeur of this primordial land, home to the Earth's oldest culture, to crocodiles, pythons, and bipedal wildlife. And under Rob's deft hand, well, he, he sets a palette that puts your mind to viewing this divine creation as hum- and humankind's responsible stewardship of it in a whole new light. In short, Rob inspires his clients to rethink, consider, and breathe in a new perspective on this land and have an awful lot of fun on the way. Uh, and, uh, and is this any way to run a business? Well, I don't know. For Rob and so many others successful and fulfilled, it is the only way. So whether you are the CEO of a firm rearranging subatomic particles and sometimes wondering why, like Florence, or you're oh, a young lady recently graduated looking for a land of meaningful opportunities like Annette, pull up your chair a little closer and join us in this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your adventures flourish. Rob, I'm so glad that you can reach up from the land down under amid the rainy season and join us where, according to our government, the climate never changes. How are you? Yeah, yeah, mate, I'm good, mate. But, yeah, no worries on that either. So it's, um, it's time to clean up and it's a good chance to stop and have a chat to you. So, yeah, thanks for the call. All righty. I'm so glad you could be here. Anyway, now, Rob, you are currently perched in your home turf, the Northern Territory, right on top of the central uh, wildlands of uh, Australia's Down Under. And uh, is it and it's here that you really introduce so many folks to the unique beauties. Uh, and uh, now we hear tales, as I say, of crocodiles, pythons, lightning storms, enough flooding to swamp a politician's ego. You, uh, could you give us a, a real and honest description? Tell us what visitors encounter when they come down to your, your yeah. way, your land, the northern Territory. Yeah, no worries, mate. Um, yeah, that's all pretty much how it is, except for that. I don't know about the ego part. I don't know uh, if we've got enough to swamp your presence of ego, but the rest of it's pretty much spot on. We've got um, you know, monsoon storms up here, and we are in the wet season right now, so this is a time when the heavens open up, the lightning crashes, and 
literally buckets and buckets of rainfall just comes down and it's all beautiful temperatures you can go out and play in it. So this is what uh, this time of year is like. And, of course, that's not all day or all night. So you have in, in, in amongst that, you've got some uh, clear patches and some opportunities to uh, run about like a, um, like, a, like a pixie, really. And then, of course, we've got the dry ah. season, um, which is the opposite of that. Yeah, so for about five or six months of the year, we have very, very little rainfall. And uh, blue sky, sunshine, somewhere between 28 and 35 degrees Celsius. And um, the whole world's wow. open for fun and activities, education and fun. So, yeah. And, of course, you've got to remember too, mate, that um, this area up here, we've got some ancient landscapes up here and, and obviously floodplains and rainforest and escarpment country. And it's just a very diverse oh, place. And really well, now, Rob, I know that you you spent your own days as an outdoor guide in dozens of sports. You've trek sites all over the world. You've done whitewater rafting. So tell us, uh, what were some of the previous adventures, that, that all, and what all kind of led you coming back to founding Ethical Adventures at all? Yeah, well, it, was, it was a bit of a around that sort of way, actually. And the rafting stuff was very, very unexpected when I got into that. But um, just to go back a little distance here, I started out as a, a research sort of engineer, uh, looking at natural resource management and mainly around water and catchment sort of factors and, and sort of I, I sort of realised that, you know, you're just a part of the cog, you know, working the mines or, or whatever, cancel. And I, you know, you're not compromising at the end of the day and I wasn't very good with that. So then it became a you know a challenge to find out what I would do with my life and um what actually had meaning and then I found myself um involved in tourism. As I say it started out with uh, whitewater rafting in Japan and, and then the States and of course Australia. Um, that got me started in oh, tourism, huh. and um, that yeah, right. sort of led on to uh, diving on the Great Barrier Reef and Norfolk Island, and then, of course, overlanding um, down Victoria and deserts in Central Australia, which was fun. Um, if you ever want a character-building experience, get out to Central Australia in the middle of summer. <laughs> That's a little bust, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, um, the tropics up here in Northern Territory in Queensland, you know. So so these are, that's the tourism side of things, but... And uh, the education stuff. But what really sort of, I guess, put the hurry up on me was um, I did a little stint over in Hong Kong. Uh, we were doing uh, outdoor education programs for kids, and um, that was great. Wow. And they worked with the kids and they get me out there and a lot of shit in the environment. But as you, you sort of stop and you look around and you look at the smog and you look at the water and you look at the pollution and you sit there and you think, my God, you know, like we've got to do something about this. And and then we were with these kids and I thought, this is this is it. So literally. That was the turning point for me. I literally put the uh, put the skates on and headed back to Australia, and and um, I didn't know what I was going to do actually as far as what we were going to create. But I knew I had to do something, and um, and down the track uh, we we started Ethical Adventures, which was trying to bring the tourism and the education and, and the messages together. Really. Well, now what you've done really is, I mean, you you've uh, taken uh, don't just sort of package tourist freight and expose. Uh, folks to this part of God's globe. You actually blend this with your own personal mission, as you've hinted at right now. So what is Ethical Adventures' mission? What what are you trying to accomplish here? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, a bit of a dream. Um, you know, but essentially what we're trying to create is an independent conservation to a company. Um, and what that uh-huh. means is that literally transforming tourism from a purely point-click, photo-smile sort of experience into something that educates, motivates, and actually has some real outcomes as far as 
um, conserving those places that people like to go to. And if we do that, everybody's a winner. And so, um, you know, so we've got two parts of the adventures. One is the, the education side of stuff, which is what we try to do during our tours. So that's our forum right, to reach right. people and trying to get them moving further down the path of conservation. And then there's a second part, and this is, the, this is an, I guess, next level sort of thing where we actually do our hands-on conservation work, which, you know, this could be anything from simply pulling, you know, weeds out in the park to uh, standing in front of government house and, and screaming for uh, rights and justice and, and conservation. So uh, that's it. So overall, I guess, transforming the tourism industry into a force for conservation and social justice. Um, that's it. Wow, that's that's you are, that is more as you say a bit of a dream, and I, I think it's I think it's, it is, it is yeah. wonderful that you've taken the, that you've taken this mighty task and is saying we are going to chip away at it and do our our darndest. Well, if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern time floats globally across the mysterious miasma of cyberspace where you may listen and download all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com that's theartoftheceo.com and it's an added avenue you may also enjoy our shows on on the C-Suite radio station we're now proud members of C-Suite radio uh, where uh, all the, the wise listeners invest their precious time to get some really spot on business solutions premier expert so you can just visit us on the art of the ceo uh get our episodes from csuiteradio.com also now rob you limit your groups to a, a very intimate six people max and it's is this sort of part of of, of your your plan to uh uh, in, encourage and engage in thoughtful discussions uh, part of the uh, experience? Yeah, definitely not. Like, actually, like, every aspect of our tour is done for a purpose, you know, whether it's a group size or what we eat, where we eat, um, pretty much everything, mate. It's been thought through and so, you know, what we worked out for You can't really, depending on the experience, whether you, if you go to Kakadu for a cultural tour, that's our maximum six. If we go to Litchfield right. for an environmental tour, we have actually maximum 10. So the, the group size uh-huh. is, is reflects what I think and what I've sort of sampled with, what I can take out and, and deliver the message and have a time and the opportunity to actually have those discussions. Because, you know, at the end of the day, and this is really important, that, that the founding principle uh-huh. or motivation for us is to actually build empathy in conservation. So taking people out and, and not giving them an opportunity to, to, to get to that point, it would be a, a huge failing. So um, a number one thing is to limit those group sizes so that we can actually, you know, provide opportunities to, to uh, get the outcomes that we want. I think it's, uh, I really like the fact that you've done it. And, and actually, in my own case, what uh, drew us to you uh, when we were were in, in Darwin and hunting around, we... Uh, was the was that very size and so uh, well to be fair Rob you, you your ethical adventures offers a, a really a Rolls Royce service but with a Rolls Royce price tag so I'm a little curious about how you and your and your bride Tracy go about selling and marketing this, this sort of very personalized uh, pricey service how do, how do you do that? Yeah, no, it's um, that's the business side of stuff. which, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not real flash at. But um, it's kind of uh-huh. easy for us to not justify, but certainly when, when people ask us about the price, um, 
They just simply open right, the books. Right. So what we've done, our, our whole business model today has been on a break-even sort of standpoint. So, you know, once again, you know, if you look at it, we can't, if I was running this as a normal business, you'd be, you know, significant profit margin or yeah. whatever it happens to be. But at the end of the day, this isn't about a business. It's about conservation. It's about, um, you know, building a, a network of trust out. So right. with our prices, uh, definitely, definitely. Some of those are, um, you know, mum, dear old mum couldn't afford to come on out to it. But, you know, when, it, when you look at it, this is actually what it costs when you look at the components and all the rest of it. And, and those components that we put into each of our tools, they're there for a reason. Now, whether we bring in indigenous guides on the, on the, the cabinet tour or we go to a certain place, it's all done with that purpose of, of education. It's basically these are the best things that we've decided that we can include in order to achieve our outcomes. And then we look at the bottom line, oh, my God, okay, that's what it costs, and there it is. And so that's pretty much there it. There it is. You lay it out. And hopefully, I mean, today, yeah, today, I guess, I mean, you guys, uh, you come out there and we're still talking, so obviously uh, <laughs> it wasn't too bad. So hopefully the <laughs> price point and, our, and what we deliver is um, is pretty close. Well, I, I must say uh, one of the things I think that uh, uh, I and several people have found so attractive is that we live in an age where quantity has sort of overtaken everything. Uh, people try, you know, sure. pack more tourists on the bus. How many people can you get into your program, to your show, to your website, to your whatever? And you're saying, no, no, no. We're going to go for intimate. We're going to go for personal. And uh, it, what I think is fascinating is, uh, as you say, and, and here's what it is, take it or leave it, and people are taking it. So I think it's great. Um, Rob, uh, as, as I look at, uh, you know, the, when I think of the Northern Territories, it's an ancient, glorious, and mighty land, but it's also facing some very grave environmental dangers from uh, the human inhabitants. Could you tell us just, just what are some of the big, uh, the, the major challenges folks to, like you are facing who want to preserve this beautiful region? Yeah, but it's, it's actually a bit sad. Obviously, there's problems everywhere, threats and issues. Um, but for us here in the Territory, more recently, the biggest concern we've got is with the unconventional gas industry. And a lot of people know that it's the fracking industry, you know. So um, you know, just recently, they pretty much announced they're pushing forward to pretty much frack um, at least half the Northern Territory landscape. That's on their to-do list. And um, and this is part of the federal government move as well. Yeah, to turn... They want to turn the Northern Territory into a gas hub for Australia. And so, you know, there's heaps of reasons why this is a very bad idea locally. Um, but if you look at the bigger picture, you know, at a time when the rest of the world really is um, the same world anyways, looking at uh, carbon emissions and trying to reduce them, Australia as a nation, as a leading nation, is tying themselves to the fossil fuel industry and, and hitting Australia to oblivion through climate change. So, um, so this, this is our big fight, is um, one of many, is the unconventional gas industry and obviously its impact on climate change up here. Now, what about the uh, uranium mining? I, I mean, uh, you go there and you hear even some Aboriginal guides saying, oh, this is a wonderful thing. Uh, is not the uranium mining one of the, the great problems uh, facing that? I mean, it seems so to me. It's an interesting thing that, I mean, we've got a couple of uranium ones, actually got quite a few old ones um, in the Territory and actually across Australia, but I guess that the most prominent one would be Ranger, 
uranium mine that um, is out there inside the boundaries of Kakadu National Park. And it's an interesting, you know, it's a, it's a weird little uh, you know, land system we've got going on out there, but that's slated to close up in another couple of years. And then they're now looking at um, developing that into a bit of a tourism hub out there, focusing on indigenous um, tourism. But as far as the impact of that, and it is really is interesting, and it's a great point, that regardless of what we're talking about, there's always a pro and a con, there's always wins and losers. But um, the number of those winners and the numbers of those losers, you know, that's what you need to work out. And, of course, um, what the, the, the impacts are, and certainly with the Aboriginal people out there, um, initially there was a, a lot of um, negative um, impacts. And uh, to the point where some of the, uh, the sampling and, and testing and research and monitoring that the government uh, body was supposed to do, they actually stopped doing it so that because uh, they weren't going to do anything about it. So I thought, you know what, let's just uh, stop. So, you know, there's all sorts of, um, yeah, there's all sorts of shady things that uh, have been known to happen across this beautiful vast land. Um, but uranium, you know, as a, as a, as a resource, um, you know, I'm not going to say no to it. I'm not going to say yes to it on a case-by-case basis. Uh-huh. Um, it's something that you need to look at. But um, certainly um, right. there's a lot of legacy issues associated with some of these mines. So. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that you t- you're taking a very balanced approach and a very sensible approach to that rather than just putting a bad stamp. So, uh, it's, and it's, it is a complex issue. Now, Rob, if I want to find out more about booking a, a trek and uh, getting the um, ethical adventures experience, uh, how do I go about that? Now, this is the simple part. All you do is uh, go online, find our website, uh, Skype me, email us, um, get in touch and uh, let us know and I can call you back or email you back and away we go. Okay. What What is your website? How, what's, how do I get to the website? Yep. So www.ethicaladventures.com.au. Uh, that's our uh-huh. website. And, of course, uh, Facebook, Ethical Adventures as well. And uh, they're probably our two most uh, common forums. And you already mentioned TripAdvisor, I suppose, that... Uh, you could probably find out a few things that we get up to on TripAdvisor there for those looking to uh, have a bit of a, a sneaky preview. All righty. Well, thank you. Uh, now, if uh, with your imagination and your traveling feet, everyone, all hell-bent for the grandeur of Down Under, I believe it is truly time to take a brief survey and allow uh, me to proffer you a few, well, so we say utensils for today's feast. And for the first utensil, as I always do, Allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you blink twice, strain your backbone, and pick a battle that's worth fighting for? Or will you continue to judiciously choose those battles that you uh, know you can only win? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And the second utensil, I can sense your yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Whips book. And so I am thumbing through it now as we speak. And here we go. Okay, here's one. Here's one. This is number 78. Pirates have to dress better than IRS agents because they must appear in person to steal your money. <laughs> so what do you think, Rob? Is this the way the tax collectors run it down in Australia? Mate, and then some, mate, yes. 
Oh, God. Well, I don't know. I, I just find that as, uh, as an afterthought to all of that, I, I, I think I just find it rather amazing that the companies who are gleaning the most from the government in contracts and kickbacks and everything are the ones who seem to howl most loudly about taxes. Fascinating. <laughs> anyway, if you smirked a bit over that clip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit BartsBooks.com, pick up your copy of 101 or 102 Best Business Quips books, and you're, you're going to have your hilarity quiver filled with a jovial load of barbs to cheer up your fellow chain gangers at work. It'll be great. Uh, and as the third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation, and that is the name of the individual who said intellectual property has a shelf life of a banana. <laughs> I love it. Those words were spoken by none other than the legendary internet guru and master of software fab, uh, refabricator, Mr. Bill Gates. So congratulations to all you winners, and stick with us, because later in the show, uh, blurting your way, comes another quotation, and if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a soul and career-igniting gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before we return to the glorious paradise of the land down under and Rob Woods, the gentleman intent on saving it, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that company is Prometheus Publishing. And this week, the folks at Prometheus Publishing, instead of telling you about one of their enlightening times, would like to proudly announce their Prometheus Awards. Now, for those who remember their Greek uh, mythology, Prometheus was a titan who defied the gods and brought to humankind the gift of fire. And from that light onward, there's been no going back. The Prometheus War Awards recognize those exceptional individuals who, by their personal example and their inventive enterprises, enrich the human community and then shed the light into our world. So right now, Prometheus is conducting a call for nominations so if you know an individual, an idealist, who's putting his or her creative sweat and energy into a project that is enriching some corner of the human community, we invite you to share those rays of hope and nominate uh, them as a candidate for the Prometheus Awards. Uh, further details about the award ceremony and what honorees will receive and how uh, a nomination process, we invite you to just write info at bartsbooks.com and we'll tell you all about it. Uh, or you may, uh, and if you would like to make a nomination, you can go to the bartsbooks.com website. Just click on that little tab that says Business Best. It's an easy process. You write the candidate's name, contact info, and a paragraph description, and you are off the, the person is set under consideration. So, we invite you to do that. We all need to have some better role models in our life. Carpet diem, my friend, you are indeed worth it. And now, with our utensils in hand, let's turn our trekking feet and agile minds back to Rob Woods, founder of Australia Northern Territories' unique ecotourism concept, The Ethical Adventures Do It Right. Now, Rob, you recently, you've been talking about fracking, you recently took a publicized pilgrimage to Australia's capital city, of Canberra and to protest the ravages of fracking. Uh, could you tell us how you planned this uh, expedition and, and were, were you able to, uh, for the environment's sake, able to make any crash on the governmental wall? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, the government war is pretty pretty strong. Um, but yeah, mate, we um, we went down to Canberra. We got about four and a half thousand kilometres to get there. Um, we took a number of traditional owners and a couple of business people from up here, and also community people down there, um, with the express view to um, to learn as we as we go about the impacts of uh, unconventional gas. And so we visited a bunch of communities that. Uh, already have the industry you know, full steam onwards there and then uh, landed in Canberra. And so as far as organising it, um, my part was fairly simple. So I literally treated it as a, as a tour as far as logistics-wise, vehicles, food, you know, timings, travel distances, all that sort of stuff. And the, the, the harder part right. was done by Lock the Gate and um, Protect Country Alliance. These are two groups that instrumental in, in combating um, you know, the fracking and unconventional gas movements around Australia. Anyway, so they, um, they organised um, and just you know, coordinated the people that would come and um, we picked them up as we went along the way. And, of course, the meetings in Canberra with those uh, so-called public servants, um, they lined uh-huh. those up for us. And we turned up in Canberra. Yeah, we, when we turned up, uh-huh. we had a little list of uh, a little soldiers to go and talk to. And, um, and that uh-huh. was an education. Um, certainly for me, it was my first... Uh, face-to-face with the people that, that call the shots in this country. And I've got to be honest, I was pretty underwhelmed by their, um, by their, I guess, public service abilities. And um, as far as the crack, uh, there was a couple there that, that really you know, made the right noises about, you know, justice and Indigenous rights and land use and, and, and greenhouse gases right, right, and things. Right. But to be fair, there's a lot of work to be done there. Um, but more importantly than, than any sort of crack in the, the Canberra was the fact that meeting right. people, you know, driving all the way from Northern Territory and Canberra and, and meeting affected uh-huh. communities on the way, just that solidarity and to meet people that have been in the fight for a lot longer than us and just to get, uh-huh. you've got to respect that, you know, and, and, and then understand that right across the country and somewhere across the world, there's people everywhere that are, that are, that are fighting and they think they're alone, but they're not. You know, so for us, this is our first step to um, to linking with these growth groups, and you know, where possible, giving them support, whether it's just a phone call or, or something a bit more substantial, and turning up there and, and picketing fences and, and whatever else. You know, so um, yeah, so it was a good trip. It was a good it was a good trip uh, for many reasons, um, least of which was um, the actual visiting the, the politicians themselves. I I think I'd like to. I think Rob has just spoken. A timeless business truth here, and that is so. This is a, I'm going to call this a quill pen moment. I'd like you to take out your uh, your quill pens, dip them in the inkwell, and write down that when you are on your way toward mission, there are a lot of people out there that you don't know who want to help you. And Rob is leading the march. You've met so many of them, and I think that's you have to realize that you've got more allies than you think you do. Thanks for saying that. Now, Rob, you've also tried to unite the other tourist firms to preserve the parks and wildlands around Darwin and, and that upper part of the Northern Territory, uh, and uh, and to, to, you're preserving uh, their source of income uh, as well. How has that been going for you? Yeah, the, the quick answer, I mean, it's been going well. Um, obviously, it's it's a slowly by slowly sort of thing. It's um, Firstly, we yeah, have yeah. to well, show that 
what we're doing actually works. And so, I mean, if you go back to before we actually began our tour side of things, we had a lot of people right. in the tourism industry. Um, so I'm going to say that we're probably you're not going to last very long. So they're like, you can't talk politics, you can't talk environmental issues, you know, you can't talk social issues when people are on holiday because people don't want to hear it. You might bring them down to be a bummer on their holiday. And, of course, um, we said, well, I think you're wrong. And so we, we, that's exactly what we do. We have a great day. And they said, once again, if you look at TripAdvisor, we've perched up there nice and, nice and high. And the fact there is not so much that we're nice and high is that we've shown now that you can actually have a holistic tour experience, including the, the pros, the cons, the, the yin, the yangs, and coming out the other side and still have a magnificent experience, you know, like a, memories with that. And so now... Um, this is quite exciting. We're getting some two operators coming to us saying, listen, we agree with you as far as the unconventional best. We agree with this. How do we introduce that information into our tours? How, what do you say? How do you do it on your tours? And so now the next step for us is to take those, those two companies and those individuals and literally assess their, you know, their capabilities within their own you know, education and, and style and, and products and try and tailor you know, bite-sized bits of information um, that suits their the operation and uh, and go down that pathway. So that's that's pretty exciting. Um, oh you know, gosh, I think so. Big bodies. You're making you're making yeah, a crack exactly. in the wall. The water's flowing, but um, the other and and this is the, the the real target is the peak bodies in tourism. So all our peak tourism bodies uh, wave the ecotourism flag, but literally that's about right. as far as they go. They won't step up and say, listen, you know, even though, you know, 10% of our economy comes from um, tourism, uh, you know, we can put us on the shelf and right, right. like the landscape. So we want the tourism peak bodies uh, to get on board and say, listen, you know, we want to conserve these areas. And the way we do that is mobilising the tour operators who are a voting body, who are a paying body, and get them to force the peak bodies to actually um, start listening to their members. And, um, and we'll politicise those bodies. And, and really, because tourism is the only one that can stand toe-to-toe with the, with the more positive industry. It's the only industry. So we need to get it up. I think you're that. so right. They have, tourism has a lot more clout than it thinks it does, and I'm glad that you're pointing that out to them. Rob, I have one <clears throat> final question, and this, I, 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 it, I, this is one I have thought about particularly is right up your alley, and that is that one of the, the, the poignant opportunities of visiting the Northern Territory, and particularly with, with your ethical adventures trips, is the introduction to the planet's oldest continuous aborig- culture, the Aboriginal peoples. And so, Rob, what is it that we need to learn from these people who have flourished continually for the last 60,000 years? <laughs> yeah, mate, I can tell you the first thing is that flourish is probably a little bit of an overstatement. Right? So you, you've got to remember that, uh, you know, according to the anthropologists, that um, you know, Aboriginal people have been in you know, various parts of Australia for over 60,000 years. Now, this includes yeah, yeah. numerous sea level changes and climatic variations, which, you know, would have affected every single aspect of their lives. So at times, things would have been quite hectic. Um, extremely tough, and others probably less so. So, um, and that that's one thing we sort of need to consider. But getting back to what we can learn, one of the main points that I like to remind people of is that regardless of whether it was easy or not, they did survive. And the way they were able to do it was because they worked with the land. 
They worked with the animals. They worked with the plants and the weather. And they recognised that they were part of the environment rather than above it like we do today. So, you know, the message is to remind us that um, we are part of the, uh, the landscape, we're part of the ecosystem, part of biological. We are animals. And so uh, we need to remember that and moving forward. Well, thank you, boy, and that is a lesson that we need to take to heart and take again. Thank you so much. Uh, one quick thing before we go again, tell us uh, how can we uh, get in? Uh, how can we take advantage of ethical adventures or your sticks and stones adventures? Uh, once more, how can how can uh, folks learn about you? Yep. So get onto our website, uh, which is www ethicaladventures.com.au You'll find all our options there as far as the tools are concerned. Um, Or send us through an email if you want to chat about anything um, at all regarding conservation, touring, um, survival programs, all that sort of thing. Um, You get onto our Facebook page. We put uh, a few photographs up there every now and again. And um, I guess there are two main ways to go. Of course, you can phone us, um, Skype us, and um, and we can FaceTime there. So there's a few options. Okay. Rob, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate this. It's It's been really an enlightening experience for me, and I've learned a lot. And I think I'm going to have to remember what uh, the Aborigines uh, are, teach us by their very example. So thanks very much, and uh, we really look, look forward to hearing more about you in the future, okay? Thank you very much, Bob, and thank you, listeners, as well. Okay, it's very kind of you. So as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. That is, who is it who said, the herd instinct among economic forecasters makes sheep look like independent thinkers. I love that. It's so, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, as a hint to the author, this, the, uh, this fellow, an economist himself, brought uh, his own wit and expertise to the aid of American Presidents Nixon and Ford, and that should give you a clue. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win a career-igniting gift from the Dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. And be sure to tune in next week uh, onto the Art of the CEO show as Mr. Al Berkeley, former NASDAQ CEO and head of the World Economic Forum, reveals what in heaven's name is a fact is affecting most greatly our worldwide economy from climate change to slavery to saber rattling or slavery here's your chance to catch a summary of the globe's top thinkers and there's a parting shot in the words of my wife's husband you cannot save the world with your business but oh my good lord you certainly can have an awful lot of fun by trying and, and if and to you, gleefully sharing our feast. I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Rob and I've enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this and all our shows at theartoftheceo.com. And finally to you who have honored us with your time, may I say as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.